This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. This is your host, Meryl Vandermerva, and today in episode 145, we're going to be talking about technology and the middle school years. Um, I particularly am targeting middle school because I think that this is the time when children start to become more aware and more involved in uh, the internet and technology for good and for bad and it's the time when parents start to worry the most. So uh, this is just going to be one episode covering it and obviously this is a huge big topic. So I'm just going to be touching on a few different things and making some suggestions and I would love you to come to the uh, our Facebook group, the Homeschooling with Technology community and let's carry on the discussion there and see Um, what you're all thinking and uh, if you perhaps have other resources um, apart from what I'm going to be sharing that you could share and if there are any topics that I touch on today that you'd like a deeper dive into and if I don't feel qualified to do it I will find somebody who is and bring them on the show. So when I'm thinking about technology in the middle school years I think really there are two main aspects or the two that I'm going to deal with today. One of them is parents worrying about how much is too much and on the flip side it's how much is too little. So let's start with the first one, how much is too much and here I would say there are two main things of concern that tend to start arising in the middle school years. One of them is video gaming and the other one is social media. So let's start off with video gaming. Uh, I had well, actually, all my children were gamers, so um, this is something I can identify with, and definitely it, it seemed to pick up in the middle school years. Now, I know that today, because children often get um, iPads and iPhones younger, this could actually um, become a problem even earlier, but in the homeschool community, I, I think we tend to be a little slower at giving our kids um, devices, and so it's probably more a middle school um, issue that starts to starts to appear. Uh, Video gaming tends to get bad press. If you've been on this show and listening to me for a while, you will know that I am not negative about video games and that I like them, play them, encourage homeschool moms to play them, and uh, generally I much more see the, the, um, the good that can come out of them. That doesn't mean to say that you don't have some kids who just get completely sucked into this. And obviously, as a parent, you've got to be, you've got to look at it and say, is my kid um, wanting to spend an unusual amount of time drawn into these video games? <coughs> there is always the problem of addiction, whether it's video games or anything else. And although a very small percentage of the population are going to be affected that way, it's got to be something that you need to be watching. And obviously, you need to be teaching your kids the idea of, um, you know, not getting totally sucked into anything and you want to have those conversations. I know that many parents are just kind of scared of getting their kids into gaming at all and I'm going to link you to an article um, 
it's uh, research it talks about a lot of research in it so it's pretty scientific in what it's doing you'll see it it, it cites lots of other um, different uh, studies and things um, it's called it's in frontiersin.org is is the website and I will put the whole link to the article but I actually discovered this when I went on a rabbit hole trail actually just now um, following somebody on Instagram called at Julie Brave Writer and I'll put this also the show notes are all at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com so I'll have that too you'll have the at Julie Brave Writer and she has a whole section on video games under her stories and in one of them she um, I think it was one of those that she cites this article but showing how good video games can actually be for middle schoolers and here's just one line that came out of it. They quote Ala Verdipur, I'm not sure how you say it, et al. from 2010. It's just literally a sentence out of their whole study. Found that middle school students with moderate amounts of gameplay reported better mental health compared to non-gamers and excessive gamers. So you can see we are not talking about excessive gamers. That is another whole discussion. Um, but children that do just moderate gaming, it's actually good for them. And the article goes on to list lots of different ways it helps them. And, and every time it's linked to different studies, so it's not just them just making this up, but some of the things that they mentioned, it helps kids to forget their problems, um, helps them to feel less lonely, less depression, stress relief. But they also things like it helps them to learn goal setting because they pointed out that in a game you know there will be goals you're trying to level up you're trying to um, destroy this uh, villain you you know there's always things to do and it teaches them to do those things and it actually prepares them for job settings and you know college and various other things where they have to learn to sort of set their own goals and and push through problems uh, so it's it actually does teach a lot of good things. Also, they're just skills. Just even I believe that I think people who game are better drivers. Just uh, that definitely hasn't helped me because I'm not good at those kind of coordination type games. But I want you to just not be terribly stressed about video games. And you realize a lot of good comes out of them and you can go and do your own research. And obviously, you don't want your child just to be playing constantly. I had one that got kind of sucked into it in middle school. And um, we did have to set some limits, and we're going to talk about ways of setting limits later. So I'm not just saying just let your kid loose, and uh, it's great, and if they're spending 20 hours a day on games, and they never do homeschool, and they never do anything else, that's fine. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that don't just see it as a negative, um, and you know, when you're looking at it, look and see you know, what you think is a reasonable amount, and what is unreasonable. And obviously, you know, there's nothing defined. That's... I'm not going to tell you your child should not game for more than an hour a day or two hours a day. That is something that you're going to have to sit and work out for yourselves as families. The other problem that comes in middle school is this whole social media. And this one, I'm glad I don't have kids, to be perfectly honest. It is, it is tough. Because on the one hand, if you, take, if you don't let them have social media, and again here, middle school... I think it's a, is a gray area. I'm not sure how much I would have let my middle schoolers be on social media. It, it wasn't a big thing when my kids were that age. So, it, you know, it's, I was the oldest one, I think, was still MySpace, and she wasn't on any of those things. My kids got more onto those things as they got into high school. But, um, you know, they also didn't have smartphones. My kids, none of my kids had smartphones until they were in high school. So this is going to depend on 
what you as a family have decided on when your kid does get a smartphone and then you're going to have to think about social media. My, I would encourage you that while you might decide no social media for middle school, is that it's one of those things that you probably need to start to let your kid onto in high school because eventually they're going to leave home. And I actually have a, a whole episode just talking you through um, the fact that children now live you know, in a world where the digital world is their real world. It's it's not, you know, those of us who are older, we still often see this discrepancy between the real world and the virtual world, whereas it's not. And I'll, I'll put a link to that episode too, and you can go back and listen to that if you haven't already. And just how this is a struggle for us to try and figure out how to deal with things. Um, but with the social media, I don't really think you want your child to go off to college and have never had a social media account. And that's going to be their first where you where they're not perhaps living at home and they're out there and they suddenly are now deciding to explore because, I mean, you wouldn't let your child go to the mall the first time alone when they turn 19. You know, you, you, you want to make this gradual. You want to walk the path with them. So, you know, the social media that teens like to be on these days is TikTok, Snapchat, um, Instagram are, I would say, the main ones. They're not really around Facebook much anymore. And of course, YouTube is still something that they like to watch too, though I think perhaps more nowadays people watch TikTok. If you are going to let your child onto social media, whether it's in middle school or in high school, I would suggest that and they first have to go through some kind of a training program before you let them onto it. Just the same way you don't just give your child a car at the age of 16 and go, well, obviously it will be illegal. Here you go, you can drive now. They actually have to um, go and, and learn with somebody sitting with them in the car driving. And they also have to learn the theory side of things. You know, they actually have to take that uh, on the computer test to actually give them their learner's permit before they could even get out there. And I would say that's what you need to start with is first of all, do it in theory. Um, I've just discovered this website, socialmediatestdrive.org, that allows kids to, to learn about social media without actually being on it. Now, I haven't worked through the modules yet. I'm hoping to, and I may actually do a whole episode about it. But this looks very useful because kids start to see, start to learn about things because they need to learn about bullying, what not to be to accept and what not to do. Because kids need to be taught to be nice online. They need to learn about security. Do they know how to make the accounts private? Because definitely when they're younger, they should have private social media accounts. They do not need to just be being friended by any random person they don't know about. They need to learn how to handle, um, you know, current news as it comes in, how to understand, you know, media bias, which we have a whole episode on, and, you know, um, to be able to see things and, and realize what might be fake news, what might just be um, sensational, they need to learn all these things so that uh, they're actually ready before they get on to any social media platform. They need to have um, to understand that people put forward their best selves and that nobody's life is as fantastic as it normally appears on social media. And, you know, there's all these things that you need to work through. So I would say, you know, you had a six month part of your homeschool it's like okay now we're going to be doing we're going to be studying social media before you get onto it and then perhaps when you get onto it maybe the you know you decide which which site is the best one to start with and maybe you know something like Instagram um, and you say okay you can be on it 
but for until you're 18, I'm going to be following you <laughs> so that I can see what you're doing, um, you know, and maybe they don't want to do it under those circumstances. Maybe you don't do that. I, but I'm just saying you can decide that you can let them or you can just say to them, hey, can we do a weekly check in? Show me what's been going on. Talk about it so that, you know, together you can navigate the whole social media. Um, then let's look at the different side of things. So these are the things that I think are concerns to think about, but also there's another side that I see as a high school teacher is the students who actually learn too little about technology when they're in middle school. So there's those that perhaps, you know, you're worried about diving too much into it. There's also too little. I know many parents are really worried, particularly about the gaming and the social media and um, security and all that online. And so they keep their kids away from anything online. And then they arrive in my classes, whether at my co-op classes or my online classes through Funder Funder Academy. And I will set them, you know, here we go, go and do this on Google Docs or whatever. And they have no idea. I've had children who don't know how to save a file. They don't know how to take screenshots. We now actually put those into every class. They don't know how to use Google Docs, Google Slides. Um, you know, they might struggle to even, you know, deal with an, a URL. They're not used to email. Sometimes they haven't had an, their own email account. By the time they get to high school, they need to know these things. They need to actually um, be familiar with how things work. And obviously, if they're gaming, they've learned most of this stuff somewhere along the line. So if your child is doing that, you probably don't have this problem. But they need to because today, pretty much every class is, is online. So even my co-op classes, which are one hour in person, everything else is done online and more and more teachers are doing this they will post assignments online they will um, require the assignments to be submitted online and of course that's going to happen when they get to college so you know also in middle school you could let your child take maybe one class online even if it's just a a, a web-based unit study like funder fund academy has those you don't even have a live teacher in it but they're just getting used to navigating the online world and you know it's they're low cost they're 20 dollars you can often find them on special for less than that and in fact this whole month of uh, August, if you share this podcast with anybody, if you either give it a rating and review where you get your podcasts, or if you share this podcast um, on any of the social media accounts, or in um, maybe you've got a Google group going for your uh, homeschool group, or you've, you're on some forum somewhere, anywhere you, sh you, you share it, take a picture, send it to Meryl at funderfunder.com. This will also be in the show notes. And tell me which of Funder Funder Academy's web-based unit studies you would like, which will be a great foray into the online world. You can pick anything you like and I'll give it free. So you give us a little promo in exchange, you can have any one of our $20 unit studies free. So, you know, let them start to work on things like this so that they don't struggle when they get to the point where they have to use it. Now, finally, to wrap up, how do you you try to achieve some kind of balance. Because as my dad said, balance is always the trickiest thing in life. You obviously need, your middle schoolers need to learn to use technology. On the flip side, they need, you don't want them to um, spend too much time in front of a screen. You don't want them to be sucked into it and uh, go down that whole trail of um, perhaps becoming addicted. And so where, where are you going to, to, to land? Well, obviously each family needs to make up their own rules. What we did to a large degree was actually have no rules, but keep our kids busy. 
So we were doing 4-H, they were playing sports, um, we were volunteering in the community, they were doing lots of different contests. Um, and I, we did fairly rigorous homeschooling, so they were busy with that too. We did do co-op, they had church activities often, and everything kept them busy. So they didn't really have that many hours to game. So when they actually had done everything they needed to do, and they were home, and they wanted to game for two or three hours, I was fine with that, because... You know, that didn't happen every day. And they just didn't have time. And obviously, there was a bedtime. They couldn't game until 2 in the morning. Those things were options. Um, but to a large degree, um, that worked for us. Um, obviously, we didn't have a pandemic when everybody was stuck inside. And, you know, that might have been another thing to have to try and navigate. I have seen people say that their kids can do whatever they want until supper time. And then after that is family time. And you stay off of your devices. Other parents will set a specific number of hours. Obviously, then you have to sort of track it some way. I mean, there are a lot of different programs that will do that. You know, that to me is a little onerous and can get to be a pain, but you can obviously do that. Or you could have a set time, literally like five to six every day is when you can go and game. Another idea which I really love um, is the idea of letting your child do whatever they want online as long as they're being creative and only limiting the number of gaming hours. Um, or social media hours to a specific number. So, you know, you, you have an hour where you can watch, you know, maybe an hour three times a week or every day or whatever it is when you're allowed to game and you're allowed to go on YouTube and just watch random videos, etc., etc. You know, so you limit that. But if they want to go and make their own video, if they want to create a computer game, if they want to um, make a poster, if they want to design a website, don't put limits on those things. They are learning such valuable skills. Why would you want to say you've only got an hour? Because that's the problem. If you limit and say you're only allowed to spend an hour on the computer each day, they are going to choose to do just the gaming and watching YouTube, etc. They're going to they're not going to choose to actually see if they can learn to code, if they can, um, you know create something digitally online, you know, perhaps digital art and things. And go and listen to what some of our amazing teens that I interviewed over the summer have done. Very creative things with technology. They were not just consumers. They were um, creators. And that's what you really want to be encouraging. And finally, just to wrap up, if you have middle schoolers, you would like a community of homeschoolers who are in the middle of middle school, I have just recently created a Facebook group called Homeschooling Middle School. Link will be in the show notes, but you can also just Google for it, um, search search it on, on Facebook, and come and join us, and we'll talk about not only gaming, but all the other challenges that face us when we are homeschooling middle school. Although I have no middle schoolers anymore, I do teach this age. That's I have two classes at co-op. I love the age and would love to talk to you about them. So that's it for now. I hope you enjoyed it and I will see you again same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.